This is Enter VR, the podcast uh, about all things virtual reality, and I'm Chris Miranda, your host, and today I'm speaking with Jasmine and Ricardo, right? Correct. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hello. Awesome. And you guys are from Wide Run, and what you guys are creating is something really cool that I think is going to become necessary as virtual reality evolves, and it is essentially, it's, it's an athletic a piece of equipment utilizing virtual reality essentially you're you're it's a bicycle trainer for virtual reality so it, 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 correct me if i'm wrong like if that's is that essentially what you guys are making or or am i missing something here yeah no it's, it's exactly what we're doing we're building a smart bike trainer you connect to the oculus rift or any other head mounted display you choose from a vr world between a, like a bunch of environments and you can work out and train wherever you like. Very so cool. So from Great Wall of China to Skyrim and the Mario Bros. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> um, what what gave you guys the inspiration? Where did the idea come from? So um, we are three co-founders, and then Jasmine joined the team, and we are more than happy to have her since uh, very the beginning. And we are from the Alps in the heart of Europe and outside it's freezing. During the winter it's absolutely impossible to go out outside every day and get your you know fitness session. And we are sport passionate and we said we don't really want to pay to get bored during fitness session in the gym because it's boring. It's you know you're doing always the same exercises. Um, watching, you know, TV series or uh, at least uh, at least the wall, and it's very boring. So we said, hey, we are VR passionate, and there's Oculus Rift out there. Can we merge the potential of VR into fitness with fitness? And then we started. We started with uh, stationary bikes, but we immediately thought that it was better to start with a plug-and-play product. So plug your own bike. So we just arrived immediately to the bike trainer. That's it. Cool. That's uh, that's really interesting. So does it snow really, really badly out there? Like how how, how bad does it does it snow? Is is that is that why people can't go outside, or what's the uh, what's yeah, the conditions? Yeah, usually usually during the winter there are kind of like two meters of snow in in the mountain on the mountains and since we are at uh, you know in on the mountains we can go outside roads are fine sometimes but you know just bike super bike obsessed mm-hmm. that don't care to get freezed and you know fall down on the ice they 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 just want to feel going outside for them it's fine but for the average people it's impossible to go there out there and uh, even if you're going, um, you can just have your traditional sessions in on the same roads all the time. So it's boring because you cannot explore any other environment. Mm-hmm. So we said the possibility to uh, go anywhere you would like to go, explore San Francisco or the Great Wall of China, it would be amazing directly from home. It would be double amazing. Because you can just stay at home in the warm environment and you can explore and compete with other people. Just challenge your friends with some gamification, you know, the best of gaming, putting inside in unlimited VR worlds. Mm. Yeah, there's a... Uh, uh, go ahead, sorry. Now, I was saying, here in winter, you usually, try, you usually ski or do some snowboarding, but those sports are all also very expensive. So if you want just to have like some training session, 20 minutes, um, getting to ski is taking away a lot more time and money. So a, a small training session is not possible having it like every day or twice a week because it's freezing and so on, as Ricardo said. Yeah. That's really smart. I, I mean, I, I definitely see the uh, the appeal in the in the sense that time is very limited, especially if you're if you have a if you have a job, you got things to do you have a life um and and you know skiing is i feel like would be something you can do on the weekend but like if you want to get your yeah. workout on you know 20 minutes 30 minutes on that on, on the i mean how how plug and play is it Are, is it you know like is it 
or how plug and play are you guys trying to make it uh because you know like from the moment you you know you want to start training to the point where you're actually training how long will will it take like should it should it take too long for people to start getting that set up sure um I'm in charge in the project. I'm in charge of the UX experience design. So my focus was all about making this very easy and very fast to set up. No software uh, installation required. No station, you know, uh, stationary bikes that are huge and heavy, and you have to unpack them, and it's a long process. It's like it ta it takes five minutes. You um you you unbox Wedron, which is a compact bike bike trainer and just plug your own bike wherever you like like in the in the living room down in the basement in your room um, wherever because it's super compact and you you have an MTB mountain bike you have a runner bike whatever kind of bike you can plug it in just turn the bike trainer on and connect your um, VR headset preferred like from uh, the gear Samsung gear to the Oculus Rift. Right now we're working on Oculus Rift because it's the the um, the one we had first in our hands and it was the technology we were fascinated about and we started with that. But yeah, sure, it has to be a pleasure experience starting from the unboxing phase. Um, it has to be natural. It has to be very light and very fast in uh, the setup. So yeah. That's yeah. That's a great answer. I was so essentially you you take the bike run trainer and you how does it communicate with the Rift or the computer? Does it have like a, a USB Bluetooth connection or or like a USB cable that connects to the computer? How to how does it communicate? The communication with the PC is going over Bluetooth, mm -hmm. and you connect. Uh, the the Oculus Rift is obviously uh, wired, so you have the cable because it's. It's the Oculus Rift right now. Mm -hmm. um, for sure, if you have a, another head-mounted display that can be a cardboard or the gear, then you have no no wires. It's all based on Bluetooth. Yeah. Oh, and what sort of information are you getting out of the um, the the wide right wide run trainer? The wide run trainer provides information about uphill and downhill. So if in the environment you are you see like. Uh, Mm, yes, uh, you're going uphill, then it communicates to the roller and the roller adapts the resistance so that you feel while you are pedaling, you feel it getting harder. So it's not that only that you see it, you also feel it. And that's the main communication um, we have. And also the speed. So if you are going faster, uh, obviously in the VR world, so in your environment, you are going faster. That's awesome that you guys that you guys implemented the um, the uphill downhill uh, implementation. I think that's really important to add to the sense of, of presence in the experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there is there a limitation to you know what sorts of limitations are you are you are you challenged by at this point? Or, you know, and what's and you know how are you you know tr trying to work with them? Sure. Um, the main the main problem here is to design the best responsiveness between the hardware functions, uh, the hardware movements, and the 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 software. It's mainly the combination software between the hardware and the Oculus Rift and the movement inside the, the VR world. So um, we faced some problems about this uh, in the early stage and even in the beta prototyping because we had some um, delay between your movement, the real movement, so the, the sp spinning movement, and the movement inside the VR world. It, it was like one second delay. So people during our tests were saying, hey, this is amazing but I can see myself you know spinning pedals and then after a while I can see myself inside the, the VR world starting um, going so this was a, and it is still a, a challenge because we're working on making the best responsiveness it, it is a matter of integration between the hardware and the software that's why we are implementing our hardware to let 
this hardware works properly according to the software. Nice. And who is your who's your target audience here? Because at one, I would there's here's a, here's what I sort of see. So there's and I might be a hundred percent wrong about this. The I feel like the average Oculus Rift new like adopter is is someone who wants to just play games that are sort of stationary. Not me, because uh, I want to have my cake and eat it. I want to be sexy and fit and also play video games. Um, so first customers. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Yeah. So, but then at the same time, you know, how do you plan? You know, what are your plans to make this appealing to to gamers? And if if not, how do you make this appealing to everybody else? I mean, what's what's your what's what's your strategy here? Sure. Um, the core of our experience of wide running experience, it's not just having a, a fitness session. It's not just having sport and training, you know, sessions, but having a complete VR. Um, 36 degree experience, meaning that you have gamifications inside. I mean, multiplayer, um, exploring. So it's not just having fitness sessions, but having fun while having fitness sessions. Meaning that you can have a target customer willing to play and willing to explore uh, Skyrim or Game of Thrones or that kind of environments we saw and we tested with Game fanatics, game um, game fanatics, um, challenging each other. So you can have controllers. It, it will be in the future. Right now, it's in an exploring phase. Right now, but we can see in the future that the average target will be covering different different um, customers, from the gamer to the kids to the teenagers. To people who are focusing on having fun and then realizing that they had fitness, actually. But, on the other hand, we're going to make some, uh, of course, some professional training sessions, professional programs. So, uh, bike addicted, bike uh, enthusiasts will have the chance to have their Tour de France track uh, session so they will improve performances. So it's it's all of, what is um, the core here is that VR is building unlimited possibilities mm. in designing. It's all about create uh, creativity. Yeah, it truly is. Basically, whoever is bored by their workouts, they're generally no kidding. Um, another <laughs> thing that make it appealing to developers and gamers and so on is the fact that Wideran is exploring the open VR world. So we are planning an open SDK, like to have an open marketplace where every kind of developer can put in their environment. So like uh, I developed a nice game. Uh, I can put it online on the wide run marketplace and people can buy my environment and cycle in it. That is awesome. Uh, I, that is really cool because there you have the, cause that was another challenge. I feel like the issue of content, how are you going to be able to keep up with the pace of demand and you know, how do you satisfy that need for content? And that's a really smart move you guys got going there. What sorts of to, uh, engines like, like, uh, creation tools are, are going to become compatible. Well, can I use Unreal Engine 4? Uh, to sell we, my no, we have no um, we have no limitations right now. We are exploring. Um, if we are also working on an SDK, this one is going to be uh, available for Unity. Um, but uh, we are not limit. We are we have not decided yet if there are going to be limitations. If everybody may have may use whatever uh, engine they want. From Unreal to Unity, CryEngine, whatever, and uh, so no decision yet. Okay. Well, it, it is it is quite early. I mean, in speaking of that, how soon can people start seeing this on the market? Do you have an, an anticipated tentative date for when this might be out? We are planning the Kickstarter campaign. So uh, the Kickstarter campaign was uh, had a launch date, which has been postponed after our visit in the United States. 
um, as people gave us a lot of feedback and a lot of things that they thought were necessary to launch it on Kickstarter. So we are implementing those missing features and we want like the steering back so people didn't just want to have a straight path but they wanted to explore the 3D world like 360 degrees. Mm. So we, we are planning about the Kickstarter in February. So February 2015. Awesome. And how do you, so, so how do you, how, how do you, from a design standpoint, how do you turn around with the bike? How does the, how will you able to be, how will you be able to track the direction in which the uh, user is headed in? Um, we will have a small platform that you put uh, under your front wheel. And while steering, we detect the movement, and so we just have the angle you steer, and it's implemented, so you, you just move around. Like in the real world, very easy. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, tell me more about your experience in the U.S. when you came by. I, I got to meet you guys at uh, Rothenberg Ventures, and you guys were demoing your awesome demo there. And, um, you know, uh, tell me, tell, how was how was the, the whole experience out here in Silicon Valley? So, um, in Europe, there is a, a lot of enthusiasm about VR, but our feeling was, also before coming to uh, United States, it was that in Silicon Valley, especially in Silicon Valley, uh, VR, that, that's the place where everything is, is, uh, is going forward, like, is happening. So, we got um, great feedbacks from there, from from the demos, because we decided to go to Silicon Valley to test our product with VR passionates, VR developers, sport passionate. So the the as many target customers as possible, and we got a lot of feedbacks from different point of view. We started as you as you mentioned in Rottenberg Ventures, and in that day. Like out of 30, 40 people testing, we got like 30 people talking about steering. And we said during, you know, during our dinner after, after the demo, we said, hey, guys, we need to implement steering. How can we manage it? And during the night, looking in, in, on Internet and checking out the solutions and technologies and stuff. Yet the, the day after, we got another demo with you and in an open space, a startup open space. And it was amazing because other people joined us during the during the the demos and said, "Hey guys, you may talk with these guys who are developers, and maybe they can get you, give you feedbacks about the Unity engine and how to implement the the optimization for shadows inside the, the map to reduce the lag." So, in a, we put it seven demos in a row in a, in one week in eight days, if I remember correctly. And every demo, we had different feedbacks, uh, adding value inside our process. So that was amazing because in Europe, we had some demos, but it was like kind of showing um, events, not that much about feedbacks. And what we noticed about the, the demos was the proactivity of people uh, giving their value, giving their opinions, and very meaningful, super meaningful. So we got back to Europe with uh, another, an, an additional luggage, so the experience and the feedbacks. That's awesome. And start, from, uh, and start again designing the new features. Amazing people. We got fun. We got, yeah, we got tired, tired, of course, because of the, you know, the concentration, and concentrating everything in a time schedule was like super hard, but amazing, like uh, exceptional, exceptional. That's awesome. I'm glad you guys had a had a good time. I can't wait to have you see you guys again. Come come back out here. You're you're more than welcome. Please please come join us. In um, yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I I'm sure it won't it won't be long. Um, tell me. So you're you guys are in Italy, the Italian Alps. Yeah, yeah. What? We're, how's life over there? Tell, I, I'm just curious. This is completely out of the blue. How how is life over there? I always, I've I've always seen pictures and and it just it looks beautiful and uh, amazing and yeah, t you know how like did you guys grow up over there? How 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 was it? 
yeah, people over here eat, they sometimes <laughs> sleep, and they drink a lot of wine, but also water. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, it's, it's very different. I mean, we are uh, very in contact with nature, like since children. Yeah. So here, that, that is a big core. Uh, you have the, the woods and the mountains uh, right behind your house, so it's very... It's a very strong contact with nature. Yeah, it's it's a kind of different place um, um, from like Rome or Milan or other huge cities. Everybody know like Florence or Venice. We are in the north part, which is in contact with Germany and Austria. So we have a strong Italian culture, but also we have a kind of north um, culture, which is the relationship which is based on the relationship with nature. So that's why we, we are sport passionate. Uh, basically, we climb, we go skiing, we, we go riding our mountain bikes, uh, rowings on the lakes. We have so many lakes, very small, because everything here is small. It's concentrated, you know? The spaces are not that wide as in the United States. You can drive Italy in like eight hours, uh, from the top to the to the bottom, wow. so ten hours and you're done. From Trentino, our region to Sicily, so and um, and that's it. We 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 had our college period here in uh, in in Italy, and we had some foreign experience. Um, me myself in the United States in San Francisco for a while, and in Germany and Tiziano, my co-founder, uh, also in uh, in Silicon Valley, but. Here, it's, it's a kind of great place to live and to uh, get in contact with sports. That's and why to get old. It's, it's, a, it's, an, it's an amazing place to get old. Like, you can <laughs> enjoy life. Retirement is amazing here. You can enjoy it fully. But for young people in business... It's, a, it's different. It's a, it's, um, it's a different kind of schedule, time schedule from the United States. But on the other hand, we are living in Trentino, which is our region. And in Trentino, um, the IT community, uh, in parallel with the university and our local government, are investing a lot of money every year to improve the uh, research centers in IT. We have Microsoft, we have IBM, we have other companies, huge companies and small companies that are helping researchers and students to get in-depth inside the technology. That's why we got a startup accelerator program here that introduced us to the entrepreneurship um, process. And we got in touch with mentors, with advisors, with companies, entrepreneurs. And we had the possibility to grow here and then understand that for our business, for virtual reality, there's enthusiasm, but uh, Silicon Valley is the right place to be. That's uh, I want to visit. <laughs> Sounds like an awesome place. Uh, but let's. I want to ask you, like philosophically, though, like you're working in virtual reality, and some would argue, not not me, but some would argue that, uh, well, you know, you guys have all this nature, all this, you know, all these awesome vistas and all this, you know, uh, this plethora of outdoor activities. Why would you want to put people in, inside their homes, you know, inside of a computer world? Why not share the Alps with people overseas? Mm. So bringing virtual reality does not, does not only mean that we stay at home, but also bringing the beauties of here. Like we have them, we enjoy them every day, but bringing them into virtual reality means that we can share them with others. So, and, and still, I cannot visit San Francisco from Trentos, from our town. So I really would like to go there, but it's not affordable to me and to my pocket. So I want to ride my bike there. So yeah, I can I can share this um, you know point, um, but still, VR is a is a dis disrupting medium. It's not just plugging a new device. It's it's like changing the way we are going to work out, we're going to communicate, we're going to, you know, set relationships, even if it's a, it's a huge possibility. It's not like forcing people to stay at home. People will will go still after VR disrupting, you know, growth. There will be 
still able to go outside and enjoy the nature. It's not it's not in conflict. This it's an opportunity to train when outside it's not possible mm-hmm. and go wherever you like when in the reality it's not possible and challenge your friends in a new way. It's like having video games. Uh, it's a it's a completely gamified experience, which is which is amazing to me uh, and to my co-founders. I, I agree. I think, I think, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. Oh, go oh, ahead. Oh yeah. So no, I agree. I think, um, gamifying health and fitness is, uh, you know, how amazing would it be if like, if people wanted to work out, <laughs> like they looked forward to it and, and look and looked and challenged each other, their friends competitively for like, who could bike the fastest of, you know, up the Alps or, or up, you know, uh, or, or across the Great Wall of China, like that would be insane. But speaking of what is possible, would it, would it, would you, do you guys foresee, uh, is, is it technically, <laughs> okay, yeah, here Sorry. we go again. Sorry. Okay. No worries. Um, d- speaking of what's technically possible, it, do you think it, it would be possible to incorporate because what you said earlier about you want to you'd like to bike around San Francisco like I, I thought about well what about Google Maps like you know the street view option could could that be turned into stereoscopic 3D and somehow be optimized to work on the bicycle is that do you think that's even a possibility so right now there are a bunch of exper- experiments out there um, to try to turn the the um, the Google Street View images in something use, useful for you know um, the 3D uh, vision in Oculus Rift, but stand, standing and watching, uh, you know, it is fine because you you're not moving inside the image. You, you have to consider that they are still images, so they are kind of uh, glued in, uh, together. At some point, you will see stretched images while going. So it would be like a kind of tipsy, uh, tipsy experience because it, it's kind of getting you sick. We test, we tested it. Uh, we, we we had an experience and an experiment with that, but it was not that good. So in the future, I'm pretty sure that the real videos, real world videos, will be absolutely available to explore. Like. Uh, we visited John Buar, which is a great company. They're making absolutely amazing stuff there. And three, 360 degree full HD videos. And I believe that in the future, they're going to be available for Oculus Rift and biking, biking inside that. But right now, I think it's not a good, a good idea right now because you see stretched images when you're spinning pedals. Yeah, sure. I, I completely understand. It's, uh, now about the device, I want to ask you guys about the your, the price. What's the what is the ballpark estimate um, that you guys are aiming for in terms of price? Um, yeah, in the first phase, if the dev kits and the first bunch of products they're gonna be like five hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars. But in the future, our goal is to reduce the costs and reduce the final price because everybody should be able to afford it and put it at home. So like $200, $300, kind of that average. So we are, we are kind of estimating the selling price, the final selling price. Um, that's it. We saw some, some, we had some feedbacks about that and they, you know, they, they met our, our feelings of, um, making this price going down to like 200, 250, 300 uh, at maximum in the in the future. Consumer version, yeah. Consumer yeah. version, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a very sensible uh, price, yeah, 200, 250 eventually, because it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's so especially considering that VR is sort of this 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 um this pool or this ocean and people you know i I feel like and maybe i'm wrong again but i feel like you what you guys are creating is like you know just just throwing people into the ocean um and i or maybe not you know maybe i take that back you you guys should 
you guys should be fine. <laughs> what am I saying? Um, let's let me talk about you know your your goals and aspirations. Like, what are you guys trying to become? You know, what are you guys? Where do you guys see yourselves uh, two to five years from now? Wow, this is a great question because <laughs> it's like um, it's like a super forecast. Um, we are. Our goal actually is to design the best fitness experience possible. We want people, we want people to have fun, and because fitness is boring, and we we want to revolutionize this. You know, um, in the in the future, we're gonna be the. Um, our goal is to be the the target. You know, the the company which is the target, the the referral in the fitness VR fitness world. Um, people are gonna have a bunch of different sport equipment like rowing machines, like stationary pedals, whatever kind of uh, equipment you can have in your mind, connected to our platform and connected to our uh, VR worlds and uh, our uh, platform. So you can enjoy uh, rowing, you know, you're in, in, your, in your living room and, you know, compete with Oxford University students or whoever you would like to compete with. That's it. Mm, I don't know if I answered your question, but mm, yeah, our I think goal now is to be like that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you, you did it quite well. Um, in terms of your Kickstarter, what... How much money do you need? How much money will it be necessary for you guys to like get this thing running off the ground? Like, what's the what's the goal? The revolutionary part of being of being in uh, the United States is also about, as I told you, the the feedbacks. So the new features. We are estimating, re-estimating right now our goal in Kickstarter because we had to implement and introduce new features like steering like um, the hygienic adapter with, uh, you know, about face. So talking with Eric Greenbaum and see what, uh, what would be like uh, to have um, a connection together. So we are managing this. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not able to give you a number right now. I'm sorry about that, but we are still in development and the, the, the research and development process. We are speeding up because as Jasmine said, we're going out with Kickstarter on the, on February, so um, it, it is a quite a short time, but that's why we're working so hard for that. So you mentioned Air Greenbaum's uh, about face. Um, yeah, I think that is very smart <laughs> that you guys are doing that. And if you guys don't, if if whoever's listening and you might not know what Eric is doing, is he's creating this. Uh, um, peripheral sort of setup where you it's like a specialized material that you put in on your rift so that if you sweat it it, it absorbs and it's antibacterial um, and it's it's yeah I, I, I highly uh, regard Eric as a scholar and gentleman of virtual reality and yeah I think that's very smart I mean do you see any other potential challenges in that sense or is, is that it? Is there anything else in the hygienic sort of uh, end user experience that, that also needs to be addressed or is it just that? So, um, sweat, sweating is a problem, although some of our testers did not experience it so badly. We had like a super crappy homemade adapter during our demos and we used to wash and so on. Um, but the people who were trying out Wide Run, they did not experience the sweating and so on as a huge, huge problem. They would just say, I, okay, it's fine, I'm having the yeah. session, so I'm sweating. The problem was mainly, it was a concern also for us, like yeah. the sweating part, and then we had a great call with uh, Eric, and uh, um, by the way, during our tests, we were focusing on validating, you know, the physiological um, reactions to um, um, the having a fitness session while wearing Oculus Rift. And actually, they had fun and they didn't complain about having a sweating, you know, uh, even profuse sweating. What was important to them was the clean, yeah. cleaning part. So they said, they, they were asking, like, did you clean this? Is it clean? And they said, yeah, sure. Every test, we clean up everything. 
So about basically solving this problem very smartly. Um, another point would be the fog inside uh, the Oculus Rift. So um, there's a kind of foggy stuff inside, and so maybe you're not you're not seeing very well through the lenses. Mm -hmm. But at some point, we have to test some other solutions. But it's not going to be a, a big deal. Uh, it, it's all about fixing fixings, uh, fixing and finding the right you know way or technology to use to solve this problem. It's not it's nothing that it's unfeasible. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I don't. I might be uh, making this up, but I feel like I've seen an anti-fogging spray that you can spray on a lens, and it it helps with fogging up. Awesome. I I might be wrong. I I might have to Google that later on. But yeah, that's uh, it's really. I'm I'm glad you guys are taking the time to address those very um, subtleties. It's, it's part. It's part of the great experience we want to design. You know, every part should be absolutely great so we're focusing on any detail possible sweet um what about forming partnerships with gyms or hospitals or you know other f sorts of institutions that require that you know require like either physical therapy or you because I, I the gym is would be a great place to put an hmd on and just block out the monotony of my environment um and i and i wonder like are you guys looking into that or or what's your what's your goal here what's your strategy yeah sure sure uh, as soon as the product is finished we are definitely looking at gyms at hospital at uh physiotherapists so uh, rehab people no rehab is not the right word rehab it's fine. rehab in uh, physical rehab mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and uh, for those, it may be um, like something good and having like um, people that have to do these sessions in order to recover well and so on, um, to have a wide run and cycle while also having fun. So we are definitely looking at those entities and checking uh, how we could work together or partner and so on. What, what was important to us? Uh, in this first uh, seven, eight months, was testing the VR training experience. How does it work? How do people feel after biking 20 minutes wearing an Oculus Rift? And then try to build the best product we can, because when you go to the gyms, they are aiming to have the best product possible because they have to convince customers to use that. And it's going to be a retention system, you know, user and customer retention and acquisition. So it has to be very good, very, you know, attractive and very easy to use. And so we are definitely, as Jasmine said, we're looking definitely at gyms as a potential customer in the future and absolutely looking at them like a super, super, super awesome potential on multiplayer. You know, during the same session in the same room, people are going to challenge them, themselves, each other. So it's going to be awesome, but we're going to be, um, we are, we want to be there. We want to get there in, uh, in the best way we can. So that's why we're iterating right now the, the product. Yeah, that'd be cool. Having like a local scoreboard where you can see who like uh, of all your gym mates, who's the one who's been like, you know, doing the best laps. Say, yeah. I can say that I experienced that because I was, you know, um, um, I was going to the gym and having rowing sessions with other like 20 people and our instructor every time was writing down on the computer each each record, each timing and putting on the wall so everybody after the, the training session was like, oh, I got before you and I got a best score and, and something like that. What, what about a, a, a virtual or digital um, leaderboard would be amazing, as you said. Like uh, you're motivated, you're even more t challenging each other, like uh, in, uh, in and creating motivation. Definitely. I don't want to get too deep into the details of the user experience, but I wonder how you plan to address the uh, the, uh, the the fact that it, like I'll be in a I'll be in a training session on the on the wide run trainer and. 
I might get a phone call or I, I might have to put pause or access the menu and you know I, I how would that in interaction work if I have my two hands on the on the bars and you know like what sorts of input do you have in anticipation to access the the interface so we we can actually it's a very good point because we were discussing this and we don't have a certain answer but at least with smartphones our app would be absolutely integrated with the smartphone so if you get a call everybody everything is stopping for a second and you can decide to uh, to uh, answer just because you can unplug your uh, very easily your smartphone and go ahead and then wire it in back again with oculus rift we are still in you know un trying to understand and if you have any feedback for that any idea it would be absolutely amazing i do have an idea um, <laughs> so i want so i've seen a, i highly recommend this game this demo slash game from um justin Morvitz. it's called vanguard v and justin uh implemented this this he uses no controller uh, it's just a rift and you navigate just using your head and stuff so, but but how you like actually you know send input to the game is by tapping the side of the rift. So I, I imagine me being on the bicycle trainer and I get a phone call and I'll just tap the side of the rift a little bit and that will pause it or something. And sure. I don't know. I again, there's um there's a lot of possibilities, but maybe that might be an Sounds interesting idea. Sure. Sounds smart. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, again, it's all, it's all on you guys, but I wonder, yeah, I, I wonder how that would look like. Another question that I have is, you know, is there going to be an age limitation to this? Are you guys uh, aiming for a particular age range? No, absolutely. Uh, we had um, in our test a super various um, target um, in users. So we had like from... Uh, female to male from 19, 17 years old to 60. So, and everybody had fun. And, you know, what is, what is interesting is that on our platform, on Wyvern platform, you would choose a training session. So, um, you can choose the right maps, the right environments to your needs. If you uh, just want to get healthier, kind of get healthier biking on the seaside or in Mario Bros, you're not gonna you're not gonna go like super fast as bike obsessed. We're making uh, are aiming to improve performances on the France track or Giro d'Italia. Uh, it means that everything is super customizable, and that's why there's no limitations. Nice. I want to know more about yourselves and uh, your background, Ricardo and, and Jasmine. Can you guys tell me about how you wound up in this neck of the woods, meaning the virtual reality community slash industry? What was your story like? So I'm the last one who added who's added to the team. So let the team be first. <laughs> um, well, well, um, talking about virtual reality, I was like seven years old. And I was living in a huge city in, in Italy. It's called Torino, Turin. Uh, it's near the, it's near the border to France. And I was going to a kind of science fiction, um, you know, park. It was uh, it was a kind of particular experience because we had fun on scientific experiments. And I saw for the first time in my life. Um, a huge, um, I don't know how to say, helmet. It was a huge helmet with kind of glasses in front of you. And you could see small squares in 3D inside. Um, and I was amazed about that because I, would, I was totally wired in. I was focusing on that and movements were like super crappy and the images were crappy and whatever was crappy. But I was amazed. And I said... What if one day we could like see uh, different worlds, the moon, the San Francisco, uh, United States, my home, I can see my mom's face in 3D. It would be amazing. So I started there. Then I, I just, you know, 
got in love with technology, but in a human point of view, because I studied human-computer interaction uh, at college, and then I focused on designing user experience and graphic design, so I just turned into this um, kind of field. Uh, with my co-founders, Alessandro Tiziano, who are both computer scientists, we met during high school, so we are friends since like 12, 13 years, and we shared different experience together, like, you know, bloody failures because we had um, some businesses together, where we had experiences, bad and good, and we got to the accelerator. Then we dropped our job to stay together, and we, we started a long process of pivoting be between ideas, long ideas, and then we finally got the right one to work on. We were so excited to combine our passions that we just decided to start as soon as possible, very quickly, and right after the beginning, we, we met Jasmine here in Trento because of the college. Yeah, yeah, we met here at the college because they were uh, working until late in the library and I was studying, so between grabbing a copy and another, we got to talk. And first, I worked together with them on some side projects. So at the game jam, uh, and afterwards at the startup weekend, we had like a, a nice app Adventure, and so on. Adventures. <laughs> Adventures. <laughs> and uh, then there was a point where they had their demo, and they needed a place where to show it. And where I live, where I come from, there was a weekend dedicated to biking, where like 10,000 people bike passionate came together to cycle and we organized the tour there and that's when I joined the team um, and my background is in uh, I'm having a master in ICT innovation so a little bit of business uh, marketing and so on so that's why I entered the team and I'm covering the part of community management PR and so on and yeah well that's the team so um, Alessandro uh, is super passionate about hardware, and that's what he's doing right now. Um, he's a child, as they tell me, he's like uh, super uh, into into that. So hacking every kind yeah. of game, like uh, from Game Boys to you know machines, uh, like uh, whatever kind of hardware you could have in your hands, he was asking to open it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it was like that's what they told. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 yeah, and Tiziano is, um, is absolutely a coder, uh, a, a full stack coder since like 13 years old. He was like building the first online community of our, uh, the, the most, in, the most famous manga in Italy, in Trento. So he, he was the first one putting out on the web the first commun online community. And he is a full stack coder and super passionate about startups. So, about yeah, gaming. And about, and about <laughs> gaming, yeah, about gaming. Mm. So this is our story. We, we have different backgrounds, we have different experiences, but we share the same passion together. And it's the most important thing when you have to pivot, uh, we have to work on, you know, difficult stuff. And then, uh, if you remember, we, we were in California with Danielle, who is the fifth one, mm. the, just uh, joined the team one one month ago. Yeah. He's a project manager. He's working in United Kingdom, and he was uh, Alessandro's colleague in Milan. And they and he decided to join us because he loves the project. And we got together. We we, we stick together in the team because he's super passionate. And that's it. We are. This is the Wyvern team. Very cool. Uh, you guys seem it seems like you have a, an all star team put together. Uh, and, but I wanna. Would you, did you wanna say something? No, no, no. Oh ahead. yeah. So I wanted to. So I want to uh, sort of challenge you here and, and to see, you know, what your thoughts slash plans are, um, in case the Kickstarter does not work out. And I know that, I, and I hope that it does. But what are your contingency plans in case it doesn't? You know, what are you guys planning on doing um, in, in case th that doesn't pan out? So this is a great question because every day we are, you know, trying to figure it out 
how to move in, in case of that. Um, Kickstarter, I, I, can, I, I have to admit it. Kickstarter is a huge milestone for us. And that's why we're trying to uh, put the right, put ourselves on the right track. But in case we are, um, we want to go further on the project, with the project, because we believe that this is going to work. And if the Kickstarter fails, it's not because the project is not good and the product is not good, but maybe it's not the right timing. Hmm. Maybe you have some, and so we'll we will still work, and we will still find the resources, maybe small resources, kind of angel investments, or uh, kind of that, like merging uh, freelancing during the night and working on wider during the day. But or we are, the other way around. Or the other way around. <laughs> we are so motivated when we, you know, we have we had like two collaborators working with us for free. In Jasmine too, because we cannot pay salaries even for ourselves. But this is a, a startup process; it's normal. But even if the Kickstarter is not going well, we're gonna take the bad feedbacks and the good feedbacks from the Kickstarter and work on that. Even if we don't have the the resources coming from the crowdfunding, uh, still developing the product, maybe changing the features, maybe try to understand what went wrong. But we're not afraid of failing because failure is always something that even if bloody, it's it's good because you can you have the chance to restart and get the bad the bad things and the good things and start in a new way. I love your passion and your attitude towards it. I, I really admire this, and I am wishing you and crossing my fingers, um, and I'll help <laughs> you in any way I can um, to get the word out. Yeah, because it's uh yeah yeah you guys are really really cool. Um, let me ask you about who. Let's see, where do I go here? I want to know about y your view about virtual reality in the future. Like, what do you guys think this thing is going to become? Um, well, virtual reality, in my personal opinion, it's not just a new device, as I said, as I told you before, it's not just a new device. It's not just a new radio or TV. It's not about the hardware. It's about redesigning experiences, communication experiences, because um, the radio, it's a new medium. We can call it medium. So it's not the device, it's the content that will be changing our way of living or ma managing uh, operations, or just just imagine how it would be amazing to doctors, surgeons, to, you know, um, operate from remote and seeing everything in super details uh, in three, three, 360 degree and communicate with other uh, colleagues in the same moment and maybe other colleagues are seeing the same scene, so um, maybe they're going to be more helpful than right now. It's, it's a huge potential, but um, it has a native huge potential because it's changing the way we manage communication and operations. This is my personal point of view. And we would like to uh, uh, bring, it, bring this potential in fitness. But we can see many, many different, different uh, markets and many different, you know, um, part of our lives that will be revolutionized by VR. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, maybe in five years. But this is the way. This is the, the time is right because the technology is ready. Yeah. And it's going to be cheap. Like, um, it's cheaper than we, we would imagine. As I told you before, I was seven years old. And that, that helmet was about like 20,000 euros, so like $30,000. And like today, an Oculus Rift development kit is like $300. So it is moving fast, and it's moving very, very forward. I, I don't know, Jasmine, if you want to add something about this. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just super in love with virtual reality, and um, every day you see different things coming up. So people are seeking to put it like everywhere. So I really see the potential and I, I, I like this creativeness. It, it's taking the creativeness out of people. So you take out the Oculus Rift and people say, oh, I could use it for architecture. 
Um, I can use it for medical, for healthcare, and so on. So there are so many fields of application that is, it's yeah, it's very, it's amazing in my opinion. It, it maybe it requires it will require some time for the the adoption for like customer consumer side, mm-hmm. but you know super wide. But maybe I don't know. I cannot calculate the timing, but you know it's it's gonna move fast for me. Yeah, it's definitely it definitely is moving very fast. Um, I want to know in terms of so VR is 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 happening, but I wonder if you guys are also thinking about any challenges that VR itself might face. The are you guys concerned or do you guys are you guys weary of of perhaps you know any a potential challenge to to VR itself? Maybe cognitive part it will be challenging in different uh, activities. So it will require some research, maybe uh, in research center, centers in cognitive, uh, in moving, you know, the treadmill, maybe if you consider the treadmill, you need to make some research and validate the physiological part because right now if you're using Oculus Rift for a while, while playing a game and standing on the chair, sitting on the chair, sorry, you feel like kind of sick for sick after a while because you're not connecting the cognitive part of your brain to the physiological reactions that would would be like movement. So this is the challenge. This is the challenge for me. Uh, a kind of part scientific part behind. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, any anything that you might anticipate, Jasmine? Um so another another challenge for for virtual reality are also the controllers. So virtual reality uh, needs needs something to uh, be used with, like mm, keyboards. Yeah, new kind of keyboards because they are old. Yeah. You know the controllers right now, the mouse, the keyboard, whatever, they are kind of old, and you cannot interact like. Basically, if you want to have your setting set up with Oculus Rift alone, you, it's very difficult typing on the controlling the keyboard. So it has to, as you told us before, the um, the guy that puts the controller behind the the, um, the Oculus Rift to stop and um, pause it. Um, it's this is the challenge in controllers. Mm-hmm. I want to know about your favorite food. Uh, out there, what's 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 your favorite thing to eat out in the Italian Alps? Wow. Saying pizza is too mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I imagine it must be amazing pizza. Um, but you know what kind of food do you guys eat like on, on a regular basis? I'm just curious and random. Pasta, a lot of pasta, rice, uh, pizza. Especially for students, like pizza is something you eat really, really often. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, me, we have we have so many recipes yeah. that we cannot, you know, I cannot tell you. But in my in my case, I would say absolutely pasta, pasta in all sauces, uh, and and you know, kind of hams. We have here smoked hams, very. Um, small and local productions. We are more focused on in- implementing um, a regional and local market of self-produced products. Mm-hmm. So hams, uh, cheeses, vegetables. We can add and make sauces for pasta. That sounds awesome. I am. I you guys are making me hungry, and I am <laughs> probably gonna start. <laughs> It's dinner time. So, oh, so like yeah, here in uh, in Trentino and South Tyrol, there's a special kind of ham which is called like speck. That's some kind of bacon, but somehow also better. Smoked, smoked bacon. It's it's very good. It's really amazing. That's why we love sports because we get have to get fit because otherwise it would be like difficult <laughs> to eat that much beer. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, my mouth is watering. Uh, bacon. Yum. <laughs> well, I'll let you guys go eat dinner, and I really appreciate your time. How can people stay in touch? How can people follow what you're doing and support all the awesome things you're up so, to? Um, Facebook, Twitter, uh, follow Wide Run, but also on our website, uh, widerun.com. We have uh, the news since last 
two weeks is also our blog. Also, you can find it on the Wildrun page where we update the most uh, spectacular things happening to Wildrun. New demos, new yeah. features. Make it your own device, the your own hardware. So, Wildrun.com. Wildrun.com. Okay, I will include all those uh, useful links in the show notes. And once again, Ricardo and Jasmine, you guys have been true scholars and lady and gentlemen of virtual reality. Uh, thank you again for your time. Thanks, Thanks to you, Chris. Thanks a lot for hosting us.